a while back. He was talking about the difference in, especially in the Old Testament, the difference in a priest and a prophet. A priest and a prophet. Now, what he said that I think was a very succinct way of putting it was he said that a priest brings the word of the people to God and a prophet brings the word of God to the people. So it works the other way around. If you looked at the, the role of the priests, anyone know who the first priest was? Aaron. That is the brother of Moses, remember? As God called the people out of Egypt and he set up a new nation with these Israelites and, and decided to, to take them into their own land and, and basically make them. They were already a people, right? They were already a, 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 a group of people, but he wanted to establish them in a region and make them a nation and so he, de- he did so through Moses, and one of the first plans, or the unfolding of the plan, was to establish the role of a priest, and he chose Aaron to do so. And then he said, Aaron and his sons, so that the priesthood would continue. And they served a purpose. Essentially, if you study it out, you see, they were the ones that performed sacrifices, the Lord spells this all out in those early books of the Bible, in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. You see all those different roles of a priest and what the priest could do, many things that only the priest could do. And so it was approaching God on behalf of his people. If you remember all the way back to Adam and Eve, he says that I'm going to slay this animal and shed its blood to cover your sins. Now, that act was the beginning of an act that would continue throughout their time. And so even up through the days of Moses and Aaron and Joshua and all those that followed after, they still had to have a sacrifice offered. But remember, the Lord started to set up this thing called the tabernacle, and in the tabernacle, he, re- he refined that role of who could offer a sacrifice. And he, and he chose Aaron and the priesthood to do so. So they're bringing the concerns, they're bringing the issues of the people of God to God. See, not every man could just approach God like we do now. I mean, the Lord would appear at times and he would send his messengers, he would send his word, but it was very much more rare. And we didn't, they didn't just have the, what I would call the privilege that we have today of just, I would say closing your eyes, but you really don't even have to close your eyes. The Bible says he's, he's as close as the mention of his name. You say Jesus and you start to talk to him and he's there. His spirit is, is everywhere. And And so that was the role of what the priest did. And then, as we're going to start and read here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, he wanted, needed to bring his word, God needed to bring his word to his people 
through a more direct channel. And so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, the child Samuel, now let me just give you a little bit of background here. Remember the mother of Samuel. What was her name? Her name was Hannah. She was barren and couldn't have a child. She goes before the Lord in a desperate situation and tells the Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you and he's going to be your servant. That's who ended up being Samuel, the one that we're reading about. So she takes Samuel, she dedicates him to the Lord and says, the Lord gave me this child, I'm giving him back to the Lord. The way that she did that was really give him to Eli, who was that priest. We talked about the priests, remember, all the way down from Aaron. So Eli is in that priesthood, and she takes Samuel and says, I'm offering him to you for your service, for the Lord's service. So the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Now catch this phrase. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. The way that the Lord would speak and reveal himself and reveal his word after this was much different than what he had done up until this point. Okay? A lot of this hinged and then changed with the role of Samuel as a prophet and then those prophets that the Lord would use following Samuel. There was no open vision. Now, I, thought, I found it interesting how they had lived up until this point with the priest. They had gone about their religious activities through the priest. Would, did you know that you can live and you can think that you are living a religious life without the word of God in your life, without the role of a prophet or multiple people that share the word of God, because you can go back all the way to the beginning and say, well, the Lord had said we need to let the priest do the duty on behalf of the people. And so I'll just be the people and I'll just let the priest be the priest. And in doing so, you are relegating yourself to a role that the Lord did not design you to be in. I don't think any one of us here was born like, what, before the year 100, 200? Anybody born B.C.? No. I think we were all born sometime in this past century or so, right? So the Lord chose us to live in this time. He chose us to live in this dispensation. It's a big word that just means the type of time that we're living in right now. So the Lord, and I'm thankful for that. I mean, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for air conditioning, and I'm thankful for the four-wheel transportation that we have, and I'm thankful for electricity and all the things that we get to enjoy. I'm thankful I don't have to talk like 
we get to have these these benefits and what I would call the blessings that the Lord's given that we get to enjoy and live in. But that also means he wants to have a 21st century relationship with you. He, does, he, he doesn't expect you to go find a sheep or a ram or a bull and slay it and take the blood and put it on your ear or put it anywhere. Yeah, thank the Lord I don't have to do that. I get to do the symbol of that, which is to repent of my sins, to be buried in the water of baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins. And I get to have those washed away without the slaying of an animal. He, was, he became, remember, that's what Christmas is really about. He became the sacrifice for us. So you can live without the role of a, of a prophet in your life and still think that you're, redoing, that you're doing a religious service to God or even fulfilling a relationship with God. Now, in fact, I was talking with someone on, on Sunday, and this person was, was sharing some stories that recent encounters they had had that weekend with family of theirs that don't attend a, a, a church such as this, but have other type of religious background. And through their conversation, the family member was saying, but yeah, what, what, you know, so-and-so in the Bible, wasn't she this and didn't she do that? And I've been told all my life that she, and, and this person just simply said, have you ever looked in the Bible to see what, what it says about her? Well, no. I just, you know, I'm going off of what somebody told me. Well, I'm telling you right now, you can get one of these and you can read for yourself and learn for yourself anything you want to know about anything in here. It's a sacred and holy scripture, but it is also available to all of us. Thank the Lord for that. I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in just what somebody else would tell me about religion. I, I don't want to just learn from the words of others. The problem with that is you're putting all of your eternity on the words of somebody else. And whether they've shared the right thing with you or not. Go back into the Bible. You know what? After you go here and you start to read these things, you might as well then go into the history of how this Bible was written in your, in your language. Because I think most of us here read it in English. And I'm going to need to also know how did it get from the original language. Paul didn't speak English. Isaiah didn't speak English. Moses didn't speak English, writers of the Bible. So I, I really am interested in where did it come from? Scripture says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
God is the originator of the Bible. And then it says, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that's how I get something recorded here. Holy men of God spoke on behalf of God. They were speaking the words that God told them to say. That's what I'm interested in, in knowing and learning and living. That's what I want my life to look like. You can live at least for a little while without a prophet and still go about your religious life. Now, again, it says the word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no open vision. What that meant was the Lord was not going around revealing in a widespread way, in a widespread manner. Think about it again to use the the Christmas terminology with the with the shepherd, shepherds multiple watching their flock by night. And wouldn't you know it, there was an open vision. A word of God, a messenger from God in the form of angels showed up. Host of angels. And those types of settings, they happen, especially from this point forward in history. But up until this point, it wasn't just a common occurrence. Now, I'm going to skip for the sake of time. I just want to recap a little bit of what happens here in the next few verses. Samuel's living in the tabernacle and he is sorry in in the temple he's living in the temple with Eli and he is going about that would be the tabernacle I'm going back and forth in my head with history here and he's going about these these functions he's learning he's just a child and he's learning what does it mean to 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 help a priest, to, to do the role of a, uh, a servant here. And wouldn't you know it, that precious word of the Lord that was not revealed openly starts to speak to Samuel. It says he laid down at night and he hears a voice calling him Samuel. And he wakes up and thinks, yep, that's uh, somebody called my name. He goes and asks Eli, you know this story. Three times it happens. He goes and he says, you called me. And Eli says, no, I did not call you. I wonder if it was so new because what the scripture says here, the word of the Lord was rare and precious. And this thing kind of thing didn't happen all the time. But Eli starts to pick up on what's happening and he tells Samuel, if it happens again, just say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening to you. And that's what happens the fourth time as Samuel's laying in bed. The the word of the Lord comes again and says, Samuel. And Samuel says, okay, I'm listening, Lord, speak. And and Samuel uh, starts to hear some things spoken to him. Verse 11, jump down to um, uh, 1 Samuel 3, verse 11. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel. Wouldn't you know it? I, I remember a time, my, my children are getting a little bit older now, but I, I remember especially when they were really young, 
my, I would come home from work and my wife would just say, I haven't had an adult conversation all day. I need to, I just, I want to talk. Tell me about your day. Tell me something that happened. You know, I, I've been without conversation. Now, magnify that times all these years that the Lord was holding in his word, not revealing and speaking openly. And now he's got a child listening to him. And he says, Samuel, Samuel, guess what? I'm going to do something. I will do a thing in Israel. Man, that had to that had to be special for the Lord to finally have a person he could converse with and share his plans with, share his word with. I'm going to do something in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. When somebody hears my word, this thing that I'm going to do, their ears are going to tingle. Next verse. In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. And now the child has to try and figure out what does this mean? The Lord, your Lord, you're saying you're going to perform something against Eli, the the prophet, sorry, the priest, the man of God, and you're going to work against him and his house. Next verse, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Now, I am am refraining from going down the, the pathways of teaching a parenting class tonight. You're welcome. But this is simple. What happens here? The dad is not parenting the sons. The iniquity which he knoweth. It doesn't say the iniquity which he did. He's not visiting iniquity of Eli's self and all the the problems and things that he's done. He's, He's visiting the iniquity that Eli knew about and chose not to correct. And now think about how much God has been wanting to, to say that to someone. And he chooses this boy, Samuel. I've been needing to tell someone this for so long. The priest is allowing these things. He restrained them not. Next verse. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering. They can't make up with it. Can't make up for it with sacrifices or offerings. He's not going to give his way out of this or sacrifice his way out of this iniquity that his house has brought in. Next verse. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. But Eli remembers what happened the night before. 
And he, he can't wait, I bet. What? It's got to be so exciting to have the Lord talk to you like that. Tell me what he said. Well, if you really want to know, do you really want to know what God said? Yeah, I can't wait. The word of the Lord is precious. It's rare that he would speak so plainly and openly. Tell us what he said. And Samuel shares those things with Eli. Well, the Lord said he's going to visit you and your house because of the iniquity and the things that you've allowed to go on here. Eli says, surely this is the word of the Lord. Surely this is the word of the Lord. What's been spoken here, what he told you. Now, again, I'm, uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all of that happens. But, you know, most of you know the story of Eli and his sons. They die and he dies. And the Lord's sitting up there saying, I told Samuel I was going to do a thing. I told him I was going to do what I'm doing. Verse 18. When Eli called Samuel to him, it says, Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. The, I, I've heard this, you've probably heard me say this quite a bit. But there is nothing more important than you being able to hear from God. It, it starts there. And it, and it goes from there. Every part of my life, I need to know that I'm hearing from God. His voice, His word. If I don't know that, I'm robbing myself, first of all, of the opportunity to know. As I said at the beginning, we, we live in this special time. We live in this blessed and appointed time where the Lord is walking around the earth and talk, wanting to call all men to himself, wanting to have a relationship with every man, every woman. I can tell you things. I can share things with you. I can lead you and be your God. I can be your father. I can be close like a brother and a friend to you and have that close relationship with you. That's the time, that's the dispensation we get to live in. But it's important that I know that, and then I know that it's His voice that I'm hearing. I've tried to tell my kids this from, for, for a while now. What is the most important thing? Learning to hear the voice of God. To be able to hear the voice of God for yourself. For yourself. What kind of trouble do you think we would be in as a congregation 
If every Sunday and every Tuesday I went to Brother Manuel before service and said, all right, Brother Manuel, I need you to tell me what does God want to do today? What's he want, what does he want me to preach tonight? Who does, who's he going to use to preach tonight? I'm just picking, what if it was Tom, Vance, Troy? What if it was any, anybody? What if it was Bishop? It doesn't even go that way with Bishop. I don't go to Bishop every week. And say, hey, Bishop, I need you to tell us what the Lord wants to do today. Now, he's a spiritual covering and oversight to me. And I promise you, if I went, he would give some some direction. But he knows it just as well as we do. This hinges on me and your ability to be able to hear from God for ourselves. Your walk with God. I don't, I don't want all of you to call and text me in the morning and say, what am I supposed to do today? Am I supposed to go to work today? Am I supposed to go visit my family today? Uh, no, I, my phone's open and available. But you and I need to be able to hear from God. It starts there. Eli says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Verse 19, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. I first read that. I've heard that before, and I thought, well, that means Samuel's up busy trying to catch every word that God is saying. It's not Samuel, whether or not he's letting his words fall to the ground. It's the Lord's choosing to not let his words fall to the ground. Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and the Lord said, you know what? Now I have somebody to talk to. Now I have someone I can share my words with. Next verse. And all of Israel... Everyone say, all of Israel. From Dan even to Beersheba, all of Israel, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. A prophet of the Lord. The last verse, it says, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. How important is it that we know how to hear from God? How important is it that we know how to hear from God? Well, If you're honest with yourself and you surveyed the course of your life and you looked at the things that you did without hearing from God and consider whether they went well or didn't go well, choices, decisions, business opportunities, investment opportunities, We need to be able to hear from God. 
Now, if you'll allow me, one of the great, I already talked about how great it is that we get to live in this day and age. One of the things that bugs me about living in this day and age is this thing called advertising. Look at your phone, you turn on the radio, billboards, anything, and it's advertising, and it has one goal. I don't know, maybe it's the parallels to, the, to our spiritual walk that bug me about it, but there's one goal in advertising. It's to get you to listen, or to look, or to watch, to observe. Really, what it's doing is it's competing Competing for you, even if it's just a second of your time. Think about it. What would cause companies to spend in the millions of dollars for advertising for a second of your time? Do you realize your time is that valuable? Some of you didn't even know that. I don't even think of my time as being that valuable. To it. I mean, what, is, what does Jeff Bezos need from me, the Amazon guy? Or what does any of those, they don't, they don't need my, you know, one dollar in my pocket. They don't need the, 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 the second of my time or the, you know, 30 seconds that it takes to see this ad. But what it's doing, this is why I need to be able to hear from God. Because sooner or later you find yourself listening to something and, and then contemplating it. Hmm. Maybe I do need one of those for Christmas. Maybe my life would be better if I had that pair of slippers. Something about it. See, now I've, I've started to contemplate it. And, and I, I mentioned this. I mentioned investment opportunities earlier. I don't have any particular thing in mind. But, you know, what you do with your money is a spiritual act. What we do with our resources, with our, with our time, and our money, those are, God has called us to be stewards of it. And now I'm asking, I, I, I'm talking about this because I asked you, how important is it that you be able to hear from God? If I'm just listening to an investment banker, or I spent a lot of time in HR in previous jobs, and it was my, one of my jobs in, in payroll. I had to talk to people about their retirement. Do you, want to sign a, do you want to check this box or this box? Well, if you're going to make me choose, at least tell me which one you think I should choose. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. But you're, you're, you're put in a, in, a, in a situation like that, and people are just looking for advice. People are just looking for help or at least some input. And if we're not careful, we start to just take God's word and throw it in with all the rest of this input as, as if he's option A, 
But then there's option B and C and D. Because we're contemplating. We're thinking about things rather than saying, yes or no, Lord. You can get, now I'm telling you, you can get to that point in your walk with God where he speaks so clearly, so clearly that you know that's a yes or that you know that's a no. I just don't feel right about that. I just, that, these kids, their most common question, I think, is why? Especially a couple of them. Why? It used to be, can I, can we, will you? But now it's why or why not? And as a parent, I occasionally need to be able to give an explanation. But in my walk with God... I do not get to expect him to answer that question. Why? Why not? He's given me some tools to help me understand why or why not. But if I go to him every time there's a question, Lord, can I do this? No. Why? Lord, would you let me do that? Can I have one of these? No. Why not? I'm learning to hear the word of God. We need to learn to hear the word of God. Why don't you stand with me? The most important thing you can do is learn to hear the voice of God. He speaks. Thankfully, he speaks. Now, Let me also say this. Not everything that says the word God on it is the word of God. Okay? Just like not every video on YouTube about the Bible is the word of God. I am not trying to meddle. Don't make me start. But I'll tell you what, if I want to learn about prophets... And what's in here, why would I not go here? Oh, because you can learn it faster on YouTube. Find a five-minute video. It'll teach you everything you need to know about the major and minor prophets. Really. See, the Lord gives us these tools, right? He, he, he's... He doesn't want you to just, he doesn't expect any of us to go through life completely on our own and and not know and not learn and not be able to ask questions. He gives us tools and resources, but then somewhere along the way, he's going to say, where are you putting your trust? Where are you getting your direction? Are you getting it from a tool or are you getting it from me? Are you getting it from a clip, a a 30-second soundbite? Or are you going to get it from 30 years of walking with me? Because I can teach you a whole lot in, in your daily walk with me. In fact, 
I can teach you a lot in 24 hours. If you'll just start to listen, if you will listen for my voice, hear my words, my direction, and before you know it, you're getting the master class just because you're sitting there and listening to God, reading His Word and observing what it is He wants to tell you. Jesus, our ears are open to you. Our spiritual ears are open to you, God. Let them be attuned to your voice. Let them be tuned in, God, to your voice, to your word, your word, Lord. God, it's still precious to me. The things that you would choose to share are precious to me. God, I don't want it to be rare. I don't want it to be just an occasional sharing. God, I want it to be a walk with you. God, I want you to speak. Lord, let none of your words fall to the ground when you could be speaking them to me. Let none of your wisdom fall on deaf ears, God, when you want to teach me, when you want to share with me. Lord, in your name, Jesus, in your name, come on, if you commit to this tonight, the Lord will begin to talk to you. The Lord will continue to share his word with you. God, I'm putting your word above all else. I'm putting your word above all else, Father. Your voice is the most precious voice in my life. Your word, your truth, God, the things that you would share, it's what's most important to me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus,
just this one quick principle with you before we go. The, the book of Proverbs, in one passage, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. In another book of Proverbs, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord. Both of those have to do with my decisions, my actions, what I'm going to do, thy ways, thy works. If we will develop this very simple principle of asking God, committing your works and acknowledging God means before I act, I'm going to take a moment, at least a moment. If it's a big action, I need a bigger moment sometimes. But I am not going to act until I have acknowledged him and committed that work to him. I'm seeking his approval. There's one person I want to approve of my actions. It's the Lord. If there's one person I want to direct my ways, it's the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. God, I pray that you would share, Lord, and continue to help us walk in a way, God, that acknowledges you. Let us commit our works to you, Father, and seek you. Let us seek you and your wisdom, God. Jesus, I want my works to be approved by you. Father, that they would become your works and not just my own. That it would become your way and not just my own. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, God. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You are dismissed. Greet one another in Jesus' name. We'll see you on Sunday.